Welcome back to CB's Tech Talk, the who, what, why, how, when, where, and how much of the tech industry. That's right. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Amazon.com. And uh, I tried to do this one. I recorded it a couple of times. It came out 40 to 45 minutes each time. It's way too long, so I'm breaking it up. So uh, in part one, we're going to be uh, continuing the discussion that we had in the last episode about why Amazon is um, beating everybody's pants off, okay, uh, uh, without actually being a monopoly. Why, why do they execute so well? Why are they so good? And uh, last episode, we talked about how it's because they're really good at rooting out um, bad people and bad teams and bad ideas and bad orgs and basically disease from their organization. Uh, they stay healthy. Um, uh, you know, as one uh, good friend of mine who is a senior principal at Amazon uh, told me once, uh, uh, the reason that Am one of the reasons that Amazon is so resilient and resistant to, um, to corporate disease uh, you know, infighting and uh, turfiness and all, all these horrible problems that crop up like everywhere else is that everyone at Amazon is always oversubscribed, uh, meaning they have too much to do. And uh, therefore, there's no time to be fighting with other people because they're always just too busy. And, uh, you know, Google and Facebook have these these terrible problems uh, and Microsoft, too, actually, where uh, uh, there's like too little work spread over too many people. And so there's like kind of not enough for people to do because everything is claimed. And we'll go into that. We'll, we'll actually probably talk. We'll talk about that specific disease in another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about customer focus. I'm going to try to go fast. To, we're going to split it into two parts. The first part is uh, retail customer focus. And the second part is corporate customer focus. Okay, there are two different kinds of customers. Uh, I'll talk about the retail one, uh, which is you and me, like we buy stuff from Amazon, and how Amazon's customer obsessed. Now, come on, everyone says they're customer obsessed. Who doesn't say, oh, yeah, customers first, customers number one, we love the customer, etc, 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 right? Ah, that's, that's this, that's talking. Uh, and then there's doing. And doing, it turns out, is actually much more difficult and much more expensive and time-consuming. And uh, it's, uh, it's not something that most companies do. Now, there, there, there are other companies that are super, super customer-obsessed. Uh, maybe not quite to the degree of Amazon, but, uh, but right up there. Uh, I can tell you that because uh, the company that I just finished working for uh, up until the pandemic started and then it became impractical uh, is called Grab. And Grab is uh, a Southeast Asian um, company that started in the ride hailing business. So their sort of core business is like Uber and Uber Eats, food delivery and ride hailing. But uh, Grab has, uh, you know, also gone into financial services and creating micro entrepreneurs and a whole bunch of other uh, lines of business, partnerships, all kinds of things. They're they're growing and changing shape. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of books on branding. Some of them are quite good that will tell you that your brand becomes cemented in the customer's mind, and uh, and that you can only do one thing, right? But the reality is, uh, you know, uh, people have shown that 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 one thing, if that one thing is trust then you can do as many things as you want, as long as you don't violate your brand principle, which is building customer trust. And so Amazon does a lot of things, and their brand is no longer associated with books or with you know, music and video or with any one thing. Amazon's brand is just associated with kicking butt, uh, and they know that you've, you've, they've got your back if anything goes wrong. 
So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about that retail trust at Amazon, and we'll we'll talk about corporate customer trust in the next episode. First, I want to compare and contrast with Grab, because Grab does it really well. Grab, uh, they had this philosophy, and I talked about it in my blogs. I'm going to rehash some of the material from my blogs a little bit because I don't want to make you go read all that stuff. Um, their philosophy was go to the ground, still is go to the ground. Okay, meaning get out there on the street and start taking rides and take rides with other customers, other passengers, you know, you can do, you know, carpool type rides and, um, uh, 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 you know, conduct transactions, use grab pay, you know, all that stuff, have the experience yourself, be a grab customer, uh, you know, talk to the drivers, talk to the, uh, restaurant owners. And this wasn't just like lip service. I mean, they would make time for this. They would, they would make time for it. And, uh, and it shows because every single day at Grab, the CEO, Anthony Tan, is running around telling people, oh, customer told me this, a uh, customer had that experience. He, he knows deep, deep, deep down what experience his, his experience his customers are having, even though he comes from very different worlds from most of his customers, uh, because he's there with them like every day in Indonesia, Jakarta, in the streets, right? You know, just bringing people in and talking to them. He's very humble, you know, and that, 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 really that is, it, humility is, is the core of, of being customer obsessed, oddly enough, right? It, it, you'll see that even Amazon in my next episode, it's, it's incredible how humble they are uh, uh, when it comes to interacting with customers. It's, it's nuts. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, Amazon had this uh, very similar sort of a philosophy, you know, really early on, like back in 99, 2000, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, he made us go to all of the, um, he made all of the level six plus uh, in the company. Uh, so, you know, managers and senior engineers on, on up uh, to go to uh, customer service, um, like the call center. And you had to like work there at least one day a year. They encouraged you to do it more. And uh, you would go and you would just sit there and sit with a CS rep and like watch them answer. In the early days, you would actually answer customer questions. Not really recommended these days because, you know, it's very complicated business actually answering questions uh, in Amazon's customer service. They have thousands and thousands and thousands of situations that can arise and blurbs that they need to choose from. And uh, you really don't want to do it yourself, but you want to experience it, right? Because then you get to feel the pain. It's like my, uh, my old boss, Mark Porter used to say, and I'm going to talk a lot about Mark on the show and he's going to be on the, she's off. He has offered to be on the show. He's an, an amazing leader. Uh, and it's like when he left Amazon, he used to work for Andy Jassy, right? Who's now the CEO of Amazon. And he went to be my boss at Grab and we worked there together for a couple of years. And he used to say to the Amazon folks, the, you know, his colleagues that he had left behind to go to Grab, he said, you know, what I've learned is, you know, those, those, those kind of rough edges on your product, right? Those rough edges become sharp edges when you're a customer <laughs> and, uh, you know, really, really valuable insight. I mean, when you are in the customer's shoes, all of a sudden things that just, you know, like I was running Amazon's customer service team for like two years at Amazon. Uh, I built, uh, under the leadership of uh, Ben Slifka, who, I would also love to have on my show at some point. He, he created Internet Explorer 3. Uh, he convinced us to build a web app to replace all the command line tools and uh, uh, that uh, the customer service folks were using at Amazon. So I, read, I led the tools team and we worked with customer service and we worked with customer contacts and we built you know, a web app. And, uh, you know, in that time, I found myself, uh, you know, in the customer's shoes, you know, over and over again. I mean, we'd hear 
uh, horror stories, right? You know, because Amazon's customer service is, is legendary. It was legendary back then. And, uh, you know, situations like, um, I mean, you, you name it. I mean, every day there's um, incredible situations happening, right? Like, uh, you know, one boy who wanted Harry Potter, you know, he passed away from cancer and his family contacted customer service and was like, hey, uh, can we cancel the order? Because it's going to devastate the family if they get the book, you know, during the during the wake and everything. And, uh, and you know, they were just like, you know, stop, stop the truck. I mean, the truck had already left. And the customer service folks got in touch with the ops folks and they chased the truck down, you know, and drove how many miles and flagged it down and they unpacked the back of the truck and they got that box off and they contacted the family and said, you know, we took care of this for you, right? I mean, just over the top customer service stories, you know, like like the guy who uh, who got evicted from his apartment because he bought a book because we had a bug in the in the uh, charging system that would talk to the bank and it would like charge like ten times. It would do, just do an auth. It wouldn't do a charge, but it would do an auth. It would say, "Can I charge this much?" And the bank would be like, "Yep, yep, yep," and they'd stack up, and then all of a sudden, your forty dollar book would be four hundred dollars worth of auths. And that would freeze up those funds. And then this dude's rent check bounced. And he's like, dear Amazon, you know, my rent check bounced. I got evicted. You know, is there any way, you know, um, uh, you know, you could get that fixed. I just thought you should know. And uh, he meant fixed. I mean, he was like, he just wanted us to know. He was really polite. But, you know, of course, you know, the helicopters. I mean, this was like Black Hawk Down. I mean, they flew out immediately to that dude's landlord and his bank. And they negotiated with the manager. It's like... And, and they and they got that dude unevicted from his apartment. I mean, they have a, a pyramid of professional like fixers, right? You know, like you know, they they kiss your butt and they fix your problem, and they get higher and higher and higher pay to deal with higher and higher and higher you know levels of journalist or politician or regulator or whoever who's really angry with Amazon, and they take every single customer seriously and every complaint, and you know. Week after week, this, you know, when I was in customer service, we would create a report, a big, thick deck, okay, you know, printed on both sides, you know, in tiny font, you know, we were trying to be really frugal with paper. Nowadays, hopefully it's electronic. And we would review metric after metric after measurement after measurement of how, how customer satisfaction is doing. Right. And uh, and it was serious. It was a war team meeting. We had a war team meeting every week and it was a very grim. I mean, you didn't crack a lot of jokes at Amazon. I did. <laughs> and and I got Jeff to laugh a few times. And, you know, it was, it was you got to have a little bit of fun while you're working. But still, they were very, very serious. They were at war and the war was somewhere. Somebody, some customer might be unhappy. And they didn't ever, ever look at their competitors. They only looked at the customers. There are other companies out there that are relentlessly focused, and they're relentlessly focused on Amazon's taillights, okay? They're not relentlessly focused on their individual customers. You don't believe me? Okay, go ahead and call Google. Contact Google. Hmm? You've got a Google Wi-Fi or something? TikTok challenge, right? Try to contact Google, you know? You can do it, you know, and it's kind of doable, and they kind of, they sort of, mm, right? But it's not the same. You know it's not the same. And, uh, and, you know, Google's big and they can afford, you know, customer service. Most companies, it's, it's all about what, what are our competitors doing? And what their competitors are doing, the smart ones like Amazon and Grab, is they're not looking at, you know, what are the other product offerings in the space? And should, we, should our product managers copy this one or should they copy this one, right? No, they're talking to customers like every day. And Jeff Bezos would get wind of that report, that metrics deck that we did every week 
in customer service and he would he would read it he'd he'd sit down and everybody would just sit down and they would like read it and he'd be like you know of course the number one was always where's my stuff it was the, the category was called where's my stuff and people were always like you know and we you know we we had ways of dealing with that uh to make the customer happy uh whether it was a return or a free replacement or a gift card gift certificate whatever and uh and he would review it and he would remember week to week what the biggest issues were and how long they had been going on and when he would ask you know why haven't they been fixed and he would you know ask us to reprioritize things and he would like you know he was very very focused on it and he did the customer service tour himself like to the you know to the call centers and watching people send emails and all that you know regularly because he he just wanted to know what's it like to be an amazon customer if you, you know, if you compare and contrast the sort of customer level of customer focus uh, that you'll see at Amazon, uh, and I think it's going to become even more clear when I talk about corporate customers in the next episode, and you compare it to, uh, you know, the level of customer service uh, and customer focus, you know, you have to hit it on all, all, all fronts. You have to fix your product and your website and your your marketplace, you know, if that's bugging customers, you have to fix your operations, you know, shipping and forecasting and, you know, pre-ordering things for, for big surges. You have to, you know, and, and your customer service dealing with problems that have, that have gone wrong and everything. There's a, there's a whole bunch of different fronts that you have to deal with when you're trying to be obsessed with your customers. And a lot of companies really nail one of those categories. Okay, or two of those categories, and then they just completely drop the ball in one of the other categories, like where Amazon is just always nailing all of those categories. Case in point, you know, my, my ex-employer Grab, uh, I, I feel like I'll always be a grabber. It was a wonderful company, wonderful people, and they'd really dropped the ball in customer service. And I, you know, I, I would have talks, you know, every week with their founders, and I, and I brought this up. I'm like, you know, at Amazon, customer service is a profit center, right? I mean, like people call in and we and we comp them for whatever problem it was, and they come away doing what? Building trust. They trust Amazon because Amazon, no matter how much it costs, you know, keep that one. We'll send you another one too, right? And they just do this and do this, and it builds this trust, which is this like lifetime brand loyalty. Whereas in um, in Grab. Uh, it was really interesting because uh, customer service was really a three-way Mexican standoff, if you'll pardon the phrase. I hope that that's not a politically incorrect phrase anymore, where three groups were holding guns at each other, like in a, in a John Woo movie, right? Uh, right at each other's faces. It was the drivers and the passengers and grab, okay? And they all hated each other, right? They, none of them trusted each other. Uh, you know, the drivers always felt Grab was out there to, you know, to gouge them. And the cust- the passengers were always like complaining. You know, it was really interesting, right? The, the passengers had legit com- complaints. The drivers had legit complaints, you know, and Grab, of course, was stuck in the middle and still is, right? Because who do you trust? If it's, you know, he said, she said, whatever. I mean, the, the answer probably is ultimately to put cameras in cars, uh, you know, for, for, for driver and passenger safety, among other reasons. And I think Uber and, and other companies are doing this too. 
Because ultimately, there are going to be disputes where passengers routinely order a you know a four seater and they try to stuff eight people in at the airport plus all of their luggage, and the driver's mad, right? Or the driver will will, will stop at the gas station and get some cigarettes and talk to his friend. The passenger's mad, and these kind of, kind of things happen. And and customer service, I got a chance to to build a relationship with the customer service team at Grab, and it was just night and day. They couldn't get funding, they couldn't get any love. The founders were like, we understand. We know. We know it's bad. We know there's a lot of fires going on at the company, and we just that one's one we're going to have to fix longer term. We've got some good people on it, which is very, very different from Amazon saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody was unhappy? Like, stop everything else, okay? That's got to be fixed, <laughs> okay? It was really interesting. And Amazon was struggling, right? You know, just like, you know, in, in the sense of, of a comp- comp- competitive marketplace. Uh, Grab has some big, well-funded competitors, you know, like Gojek and, and whatever. And, uh, and Amazon did too. But they didn't use that as some sort of excuse. They weren't like, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, we'd love to fix our totally busted-ass customer service, but we have other priorities too. No, they never, ever, ever said that. Customer service was always the first priority. First priority. What priority do you think customer service is at Google? I can tell you it's not very high because I knew that team too. And I had meetings with them and they were just like, oh yeah, we've got like a 10 person team and we're trying to do the customer service for all these different products and features and they keep coming in and Google doesn't give us the time of day because Google had no idea what to do with customers. Google doesn't like people. Google likes algorithms. Google likes things where, you know, there's no contact between them and customers. And this will become even more clear in the corporate customer discussion. Anyway, I think I've gone over time. Look, folks, Amazon executes better than anyone on earth. Follow their lead, right? Take, take the gamble and trust your customer. You know, when they say they lost them, trust them and replace it. Right, the, the distrust, the grab, distrusting their passengers and distrusting their drivers, that's got to stop. Okay, in or if Grab's going to be the next Amazon of Southeast Asia, but they need to get over this hump and a couple of other hurdles that they have organizationally if they want to execute as well as Amazon. They're real close, right? But but they still got some hurdles, and Amazon just across the board nails it, and other companies just they flail. They're just like, well, we're doing that too. <laughs> There's no two. It's not also customer service at Amazon. It's customer service and then everything else. The customer dictates your roadmap. You work for your customer. We'll talk more about that in the next episode. I think I'm pretty much at time, so tune in next time. Stevie's Tech Talk.